0: You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more.
1: If you want to learn about the music industry and you don't know where to go, tune in to WP88.7, Brave New Radio. we got managers, producers, record labels, concert promoters below.
0: Wednesday at 8 p.m. Uh, yes, Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio. I'm your professor, David Kirk Phil. Usually we are along here. We are here along. Usually uh here along with us is Dr. Stavo Marconi, but he is on assignment today. So our guest today is creator, composer, artiste. Tima likes music. That's one word, capital T, capital L, capital N. She will be on shortly, but before we do this, just a few reminders. By the way, this will be her second visit with us. She was here in 2021. And now here we are, 2023, Bank de Bank de Trez. And she's going to be back. And we have some interesting things to talk about with you. But before we do that, we want to give thanks. We want to give thanks to the folks at Bandyne, Bruno Wink, and White Hat Management. With artists like Dave Matthews, Three Doors Down, St. Vincent, Kiss, Zach Brown, and the aforementioned Tima Likes Music. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com when you're ready. And we want to give thanks to Christine Oyve. A wealth manager at the Forefront Group, F O U R, Front Group. Christine has helped professionals all over the world manage their investments, plan out for their retirement. When somebody like you is thinking of building a bridge to your financial future, think about the Forefront Group and go to Christine at forefront.com. As Dr. Esteban Marconi would say, leave the last oi off for savings. Managing your band, seventh edition is out now. Great stuff in there. You should buy it. You should memorize every word, and then you should call me and talk about it. Also, the University of William Patterson, our music business program, once again, was ranked as one of the best in all of the world. And I say all the world because it has schools from other countries on this list. So it was one of the ranked as one of the best all over the world by your favorite magazine and mine, Billboard Magazine. So now we will begin our chat with Tima. Likes musica. So we're here with Tima of Tima likes music, which is one word, capital T, capital L, capital M. Tima, how are you today? It's good to have you back.
2: I'm grand. How are you? It's got to be I back.
0: am grand, Tima. I am grand. <laughs> so what I um, thought uh would be interesting, uh there'll be lots of QA in this as well. But um for uh what do you call it? Transparency sake on Music Biz 101 and more. We'll make it clear to our listeners that you're one of the artists that I that I manage in my company, Dadager Entertainment. I am your dadager. Yes. Uh so you you know if I get mad at you, I ground you or, yes. or uh, lock you in your room and make you eat your peas and all that kind of stuff. But yes. I thought what might be interesting to start this is if we had one of the conversations that we have on a on basically a multiple time in a day basis. And people can, then can kind of hear, oh, this is kind of what happens, at least with these two, but kind of like when a manager and their artists talk about, what do they talk about? How do they talk about it? That kind of thing. So we won't yeah. maybe talk necessarily about specific names and things like that, but we could talk about yeah. the topics. So yeah. this one top, what? I'm sorry. I talked all over you. It's because I'm a man and you're not. And you're
2: mansplaining. I'm, I'm mansplaining
0: <laughs> you. I'm walking because it's what I do. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, I was agreeing. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay, great.
0: It. Don't don't tell me what to do. Okay. So <laughs> I I think well, I want to tell you. So as our listeners will find out as we go. So we're working on a deal. And I was losing sleep last night on this deal because it's something that we've been working on for a couple months at this point. And now we're getting basically it's it's in the contract phase. You have an attorney. Who is your attorney? Carl Gunther. Oh. Carl Guthrie, there's no N. You always say gun.
2: I don't care. The N <laughs> is in there. I feel it. It's in there. Uh, Guthrie, uh, well, I always say it. Like I. I all right.
0: Talking We're talking again, talks. actually, with Carl Guthrie. We're talking with Carl later today, but uh, about this deal. <laughs> so it's a deal we've been working on for uh, at, at least two months, and it's getting to the point mm-hmm. of uh, contract going back and forth, uh, respectful negotiation. Um, never arguing, but arguing in a respectful business manner, not arguing, like screaming at each other. But we're at the point where um, we're kind of at a loggerheads, a standstill with uh, what, there are a couple things we still want, they are not budging at all. So Mm -hmm. you are coming from the mindset of the artist because ultimately as the artist, and I know I'm doing all the talking, you will get plenty of time talking, I'm sorry. So people listening understand I am the manager, but you are the boss. So I report to you. So ultimately, even if I said, I don't think we should do this deal for X, Y, Z reasons. And if Carl said the same thing, it's still your decision. Mm -hmm. So in this case, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you've decided you want to do it and we're, you're going to tell this to the attorney, to Carl later on, but you talked last night with your mom yeah. about this. So why don't we get into that? You talked to your mom. She gave you some words of wisdom. We had talked about it before, but yeah. explain kind of a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. Um. So I got a call from you yesterday. Sorry. I got a call from you yesterday, basically saying, okay, everything we asked for, they don't want to give to us. And before, it was not necessarily the specific revisions we were asking for. I think it definitely weighed on me that they weren't willing to budge. I think that was it. If I if I asked for green M&Ms and they were just like, no, I'd be like, what? Like, you, know, you, you really don't want to budge on anything. And I think for me, sometimes that is a level of concern because that shows the dynamic of the relationship. A lot of the time negotiation you're just negotiating just just to negotiate and just to feel out what will be our dynamic are we able to work towards something together or is it going to be a situation where you're not willing to budge or this and the third and I think for me that gave me pause walking into this initial deal we already knew and I knew, already knew that this wasn't going to be like a life-changing super like like the deal you know what I mean and this was going to be a working deal meaning this was a stepping stone to get to the next level um but for me it was I think it was slightly like just like more personal more more ego because mostly every deal that we've gone into we've gone into it with a lot of leverage it's been a lot of um you know social media stuff and branding and certain music stuff and Live things, like for example, when I got the residency, we had a little bit more um leverage to be like, we want her on all the shows, you know what I mean, whereas if I've never done a live show before, I wouldn't have any like um leverage, or when you have a brand deal, and it's like, well, she has these many followers or she has this much engagement, so this is what we want instead there we had leverage, I think. This particular deal is a new field I'm getting into. So this is the first time we're walking to it with absolutely no leverage. And but I think I didn't realize that because every single prior situation I have had it. So it's new to come into a negotiation process where you're the one kind of like where the other party is kind of slightly more at their benefit and it's like that was a new experience and kind of like a, a gut punch of like, oh, OK, like I'm kind of the the worker here. So I spoke to my mom and even though my mom doesn't really know anything about the music business, she does work with like contracting and just dealing with people and negotiating. And her priority was, do you have an out? How long are the terms? You know what I mean? And also going into it with your eyes wide open. And she basically told me that if you're going to do this, it sounds like you're going to have to squeeze all you can out of it so that your goal is the ending of the term. Meaning what will you walk away with at the end? You know what I mean? And not be like, okay, I'm going to, a lot of people sign things. And it's like, okay, now I've made it. And it's like, no, it's like, yeah, you're thinking towards the end. You have to think, what am I going to get and walk away with at the end of the terms and also walk in there. I'm gonna say this another way, of course, squeezing everything out of it in the sense of this deal would enable me to be in certain spaces that I wouldn't be able to get in on my own. And I think my mom very much told me that they will introduce you to these spaces, but now it's up to you to make sure you make a good enough impression where at the end of the term, you will be able to get in those spaces on your own and by your own merit and just by your your skills and your talent. So I think that what why I was like, okay, you know what? Let's just do it. <laughs> Let's just go for it. It's a short-term deal. And let me just like work my ass off while I can and just do it.
0: Yeah. And that's part of a greater uh, vision we have for the year of 2023. We're calling mm-hmm. it our our investment year in that we're doing a number of things which may not necessarily earn us money at the moment. But Mm -hmm. at times we have the money to spend on certain things, which are at that point in time, we're losing money. But in the Mm -hmm. bigger picture, they're getting us where we want to go for 2024 and, you know, longer term uh, for you. And this is one of those things that becomes mm-hmm. an investment. you know. So if you invest in something, the idea is, if, uh, how can I get, maximize the return? And there's only so much exactly. that's in your control within this particular deal. But you're talking about some other things that are part of it uh, to go onto the fringes of the deal and then build that out as well, which you do have more control over. So take full advantage of every opportunity coming your way. Don't be lazy. Get creative, and this is for me too. This isn't just for you, you know. Yeah, um, it's it's a we, yeah. you know. How do we, yeah. uh, if we're in a room, introduced to one person, how do we meet five people in the room? It's that kind
2: exactly. of exactly, exactly. I've learned it's always weird when you have to invest in yourself, or I think of myself as the business. Because if I think of myself as myself, it, like I get tainted with certain things, but I think of investing in the business is every single time I've kind of had to uncomfortably invest in something I've always gotten it back tenfold it's like it's it's like clockwork it's crazy the moment I like took all my money and I bought a bunch of new gear I went viral like two months later because then you, then you have all this new stuff and you have to like get it done the moment I like it was uncomfortable uncomfortable purchase um like paying my band every single time and losing money on shows but then that led me to Wasserman and then on top of that I like uh the moment I like spent a bunch of money um on graphic design tools and editing tools I was like oh like I don't want to do this but then I got my money back because then we don't have to pay for a graphic design anymore we don't have to pay for an editor anymore um and then also like you know make a little money on the side um doing that so whenever I had that feeling of like oh i'm just like okay it almost forces you to work harder because now you know it's an investment and you have to have like an roi it's almost like you're desperate for it so i'll be fine
0: yeah like for example it was a couple years ago you paid somebody to do a logo for yourself and you've since uh they've been redone you and emily uh another member of our team uh recently Mm -hmm. redid our logo and uh, didn't need to go outside and pay exorbitant amounts of money for that because Mm -hmm. we could do it in-house. You taught yourself Photoshop. So Mm -hmm. on your uh, two singles ago, you have a song called Gotta Call You featuring the vocalist Amanda Barice. And the artwork for that single is something that you put together on your own through Photoshop.
2: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, And you realize how much I was talking to myself the other day. I said, self. Like, I think this was, like, these were the best investments. And um, naturally, when you start, like, making a little bit of creative money, especially in, like, the entertainment scene, like, there's a little bit of pressure to kind of flex with it and buy, like, unnecessary things. And luckily, like, I'm a nerd for, you know, creativity and creative technology. And, like, basically all that money is going towards like plugins and before I didn't even know how to mix a master I and mean, we had to pay somebody every time to do that we don't have to do that anymore and I look back like where I was two years ago and like they're ex- like the expenses are like cut in half you know what I mean because we could do everything in-house um so I think having those experiences teaches me like invest in in like skills invest in networking Inbe- like do those uncomfortable investments because it does come back to you
0: yeah it's interesting I remember having a meeting you might have been there too uh we went to mm-hmm. uh, the Warner Music Group before COVID mm-hmm. so you might have been there and I remember we're sitting in uh in a meeting with somebody on their merch side it used to be called Warner Music Artist Services I think it's called WMX now and there mm-hmm. was somebody there and they were talking about 21 Pilots and they mm-hmm. said, 21 pilots on their in-house staff has their own graphic designer who designs mm-hmm. all their logos, all their artwork, all their tour posters, all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. at, that, at the time, I'm like, that is really interesting and unique and forward thinking because why have the label do it for you or that kind of thing? Have your own person. And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, as you're talking, you just described, we have our own person. It just happens to be the artist
2: yeah <laughs> which is crazy. but like it's it's like the stereotypical like head ass um pretentious like I do everything I, I but also but it does help and also it it saves one thing you get back, which is a great investment is time like the ability I, I realized how wonderful it was to be able to, write a song, record it, mix it, master it, make the cover art and have it done on your own time versus we gotta get this, but we don't have the, the song, we gotta get this, but we don't have the 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 graphic designer, we gotta get this, but and you you're waiting on all these different people. Oh, we have to get a revision. That's gonna take three days. Whereas when everything is in-house and you teach yourself those skills, that that's like that's more time. You know what I mean? And like, time is money. You know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a rehearsal I could go to. That's a session I could take because I'm not waiting on somebody or I'm not having another phone call going back and forth on revisions.
0: Right. And what's interesting is you had a really good opportunity. We're we're talking right now. It's March 30th, 2023. And it's mm-hmm. been, has it been a month or just over a month now since you quit your day job and you're doing this full time?
2: Yeah. Yeah, which is like insane. it It's very, it's little moments where you realize you did the right thing. Because I remember the first like day I did it, I was like, oh no. It was like the, the day you wake up when you're like a full time artist and you're kind of like, what am I doing right now? And I remember... As you know, with social media, things go up and down, right? You you get it's like there's no way around it, right? One day you're blowing up, one day it's it's low, and that was one day where it was like everything, like I got shut out, man. It was so bad, and I was like, did I do the right thing? Like what's going on? And literally, I believe like a week after that, it was like call after call. It's like everyone knew it was, and I got call after call. I didn't even have to seek people out, but now with all the stuff we have going on, miraculously. I would have had to quit anyway because like, I wouldn't have the time for all this. You know what I mean? Like I'm just as busy. Like my days are just as full. So it's, it's, you know, when you're doing the right thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's really cool. Yeah. So let's take a step back because then we can sort of make an announcement which has been made over all. When we talk about our investment year. So w- one thing yeah. we talked about is you mentioned this residency. Tell us where the residency is and when you do it. And then we can get a little bit deeper into that.
2: Yes, it's at Rock and Music Hall. It's with Fulton Street Music Group, amazing single licensing group. And it's every Thursday of the month at Rock and Music Hall. It used to be stage one, but now it's stage two because it's really fun. So they want to spread the love.
0: Yes, we've outgrown stage one. So uh, Fulton Street Music Group is uh, the company who we have uh, an agreement to deal with, basically, that we signed a year and a half or maybe two years ago, um, Mm -hmm. where you do some work with them, some production work, some demo work, Uh, they Mm -hmm. uh, contract with brands. And through them, you did, you scored part of a documentary last Mm -hmm. year for Ralph Lauren. It's not Ralph Lauren, it's Ralph Lauren. So you have to pronounce um, it correctly or you get in trouble. Yes. <laughs> and um, so they've given you some really cool opportunities. And one thing they did is they put together this uh, residency the first Thursday of every month at the Rockwood Music Hall in the village in New York City. And so your set looks like it's every uh, every time at 10 p.m. East Coast time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we did it January. Then mm-hmm. we did it. February oh tell us what happened February when you jumped off the stage
2: oh my god that was beautiful I jumped off the stage and I tore my ACL <laughs> and it wasn't that and it wasn't that big of a stage it was a small stage I just very much just landed wrong and didn't bend my knees and like it was like that so yeah horrible <laughs>
0: so that was not good so yeah so um for for listeners who weren't there which is probably most of you we yeah. uh, you're limping off the stage uh you know you're Phil, come over here help me <laughs> you know you're like leaning on me as we take you into the bathroom <laughs> and um mm-hmm. it was pretty funny um so i mean it was funny to watch but not well it was funny for everybody but you. no it was <laughs> funny like in the was. i was like oh yeah so we're going to the bartender i remember talking to the bartender do you have any ice and he's putting all that oh i forget what he, he put the ice in a napkin or something we're trying to put Uh, this big it's like a bowl yeah ice cubes uh and a napkin and get that on your knee and all that kind of stuff so so anyway so you got the tort you tear the acl meanwhile we have a show it's the first thursday of every month like you said so first thursday in march we're like uh do we want to pay the band again because again the the residency starts where it's a it's a free room so we're playing for tips and i'm just going around with a tip bucket with your name and picture on it mm-hmm. and um you were thinking maybe we we just I don't I just MC it because you MC the night too maybe you're thinking maybe I just MC I don't do it with the band and they were like you know what let's just do it let's just pay for the band because mm-hmm. we lose four to five hundred dollars when we talk about that's the investment part we lose four to five hundred dollars every show mm-hmm. let's just do it mm-hmm. um so you did it and you paid the band had the full band up Doing a killer set, uh, two thirds of the way through, I'm walking around with the tip bucket, and I bump into a woman who says, "What is her name?" And I point to the picture and I say, "It's Tima likes music. It's one word: Tima likes music." You see, so she could spell it. And we had a, uh, a QR code so people could Venmo you. People are reaching over, putting in money. It was really cool. It's always yeah. that's fun for me because all these people are like touching me, and I'm getting um, I'm getting molested because <laughs> they want to give us money. So. Honestly. Two days later, I get an email and it turned out to be from that woman. And you can take it from there. Who was she? What happened?
2: Yes, she was. So I was sitting here and I was I was low key. I was on the phone with like certain uh, businesses. because I was like I was really nervous about the whole being full time. And I was just like entertaining the thought of taking some like part-time social media jobs and then I remember you texted me and you're like call me right now and I was just like I can't like I'm talking to this business I might have to get a like a real job and then you're like right now I'm like thinking this can't be bad news because if it's bad news he would just say hey just give me a call just a little something something to talk to but I'm like this might be good news and mind you I was like this might be really really good news because I, one thing I'll just say from a manager standpoint, you never really get excited about anything. Even if you are, you don't let it show because you let me do that. And you like, kind of let you kind of like, are like, okay, cool. And then you're kind of thinking back in your head, how is this bad? How can this badly affect us? Because if everyone gets excited, then like, you're just willing to take everything. Whereas like, you let me get excited. And you're like, okay, cool. We'll look into it. So I'm like, if you're like sending me this, it's probably really good. So then whenever you called and you're like, I have an email, I'm going to read it to you. You read it to me. Long story short, it was Andrea Johnson of Wasserman Music, which is one of the top uh, music agencies in the world, reaching out because she was that woman and she was looking to see if I had any agency and wanted to see if she could potentially work with me and basically like researched me all night. And, and found me, and found your, I don't know how she found your information, but she found, like, she she did, which is, like, a good sign, and yeah, and you guys had a Zoom meeting, right, you, you called me after that Zoom meeting, you said this went really, really well, um, because sometimes with initial meetings, it's like, okay, we'll be in touch, but this was, like, someone that was excited, and then we went out to lunch, and then we shook hands, and then I had an agent, which was, like, Amazing. And just to bring it full circle, I was, I tore my ACL, which prevented me from going to Bali in March. If I went to Bali in March, I wouldn't be able to take that meeting. So I'm like, everything is, con, everything is connected. You know what I mean? Like, I believe that. So long story short now we have agency which we had been talking about for months like we weren't desperate for it but we're like okay that's kind of the next stage we kind of, like the next person we need is an agent and everything we wanted to do was like oh let's do this show oh okay this would be great with an agent so then for this to come about was okay yeah we're doing the right thing but yeah that's insane to this day i'm gonna tell that story to the day i die that's crazy
0: and the other funny part is uh I already forgot. There, there was another funny part. about. Oh, oh yeah. Um, the week we had, like the day before we had our meeting, uh, you were supposed to have the surgery on your knee. And the surgery got mm-hmm. canceled. So therefore, we were mm-hmm. able to have that lunch with her because your surgery exactly. got canceled. So um, exactly. just a, all these, the stars aligned. Uh, somebody wrote to mm-hmm. me because for a lot of uh, artists, a lot of managers, um, a big goal is to get an agent who will do mm-hmm. Because the eight, because anybody can book a show. Uh, it's, it's the size of the show that matters, and where the show is, and when the show takes place. Is it a Monday night and hardly anybody's going to be there, or is it mm-hmm. a Friday night and it's a really good time and everybody's out and that's a really good look for the artist? So mm-hmm. the agent can do that. The agent can connect you to bigger artists, and you can open up for this show. The agent knows the festival people, and now we can mm-hmm. get you or get you in the mix maybe for this festival so they that's their area of expertise as a booking agent and the goal is you get a booking agent and they can raise your profile as long as you continue to do the work one thing exactly we've talked about a lot of artists once they start to get their team together they take their foot off the gas and Mm -hmm. we had we were talking about this julie greenwald from uh, mm-hmm. who's the COO, it's uh, Atlantic Records. Now I think it's like the Atlantic Electra Group or something, because they have more labels and she's like the big, she's there. Um, she came into William Patterson and she spoke a few years ago. And one thing she said was, we had this conversation. She mentioned Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, when he's in cycle, and that cycle might be for like 16 months or two years, he is nonstop. He's 24 Mm -hmm. seven. He's working, working, working to make it work because it's for him. It's for his career. It's for the people around him. It's for the label. Um, If an Mm -hmm. artist does really well, all those people around the artist also do well. And then they continue to do their jobs, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But she said her biggest problem is when they sign an artist, um, when that artist takes a foot off the gas and all of a sudden they're not working as hard and it becomes a much bigger lift for the the label and i've heard other managers say if if i want it more than the artist that's when we run into a problem and Mm -hmm. you're obviously not in that situation
2: quite literally and i think when it comes down to it as an artist you hear us use the word we a lot instead of i i found that helps me because if i keep saying i I, there's like this famous fun funny TikTok sound that's like I'm not supposed to do that I'm the talent you know what I mean and it's like if you k- just keep thinking of yourself as a talent that kind of gets to you and not like you get cocky but you start to only focus on the creativity and the artistry which is like your focus right but if you say we you start to think of yourself as a member of a team you know what I mean and like yeah and your role in the team is to perform and to be creative right and it's their it's um everyone else's job to you know support that but if you think I think people have a very glamorized view of being an artist you know I mean like because a lot of people come a lot of people their first interaction with music or entertainment is as a consumer and they're just like oh like this this really this this amazing ethereal experience of being at a concert. You mean I could be on that side and get paid to do that? That's amazing. It's like there's like that's the tip of the iceberg. Like getting on, I love being on stage. I love it so much. But it's like when I have to get up and I have to put my 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 um keyboard in the bag and I got to cut my things and I gotta do this I gotta do that. I gotta call the band. It's like oh, it's like going to school. But then once you're there get happy you know what I mean so I think that if you look at yourself like this is my job this is I'm a member of a team and I'm not the talent it helps a lot
0: yeah and we'll explain I think our process when with a gig is Mm -hmm. uh, it depends on the gig like for example we have the residency so we know the dates it's the Mm -hmm. first Thursday of every month so we know all those dates so it's you and I uh, communicating, generally talking, and then texting, but stating, "All right, this date. Uh, for example, April 6th is the April date. Uh, mm-hmm. We had to go back far enough in advance so that you, your job, because you also also ultimately would like to also be a music director for for bigger tours. You know, you, you're a solo <laughs> artist, but you also would love to work with other artists and mm-hmm. and all that, which is something. So part of your gaining skill as a music director is you need to know how to speak with other band members and how to organize that and keep your, uh, your organization together as the band leader, making sure they have the music, they know what the set is and all that kind of stuff. So one thing we talk about is you make sure the band can do this gig and you Mm -hmm. tell them what they're going to get paid. Once you lock them in, then my job becomes I reach out to each member and I give them a contract for that show. It's just like a one page agreement, just stating you're coming to this rehearsal. You're doing this show at this time on this date. And here's what you're getting paid. It's pretty simple. And yeah. I send that to all five, six, seven people, whoever's playing with you. I, it's actually whomever. I'm a college professor. Mm-hmm. I have to speak speak correctly. You know what I'm talking about. That's right. That's right. Hey, of <laughs> likes music, everybody. <laughs> Okay, oh, yeah. okay. So
2: you know, <laughs> I try.
0: <laughs> yes, right. you succeed. So so then uh that's right, Team likes Music on Brave New Radio. Love you, everybody. So <laughs> we uh send that agreement, then the next thing is I follow up and I make sure they sign the agreement. And then they before they get paid, you have a company, team likes Music mm-hmm. LLC. We have a business manager, uh, Van Dyne Bruno, who we mentioned at the very top of the show. He's one of our underwriters, uh Aaron Van Dyne. He's our business manager and so we need to get invoices from everybody uh so that's my job is to keep following up with everybody uh did you send us the contract because we want the contract signed by them before the show and i also would like the invoice because i tell them you're not going to get paid until we get your invoice and uh, so for our april 6th show coming up i have everybody's contract we have a chart so we have a spreadsheet Mm -hmm. that keeps track of who's in it what they're getting paid when i sent out the contract when i received the contract when i received the invoice and i can easily look at that and see the holes and say okay this person didn't send us the invoice this person did has sent the contract and um if we do it far enough in advance i can keep emailing them need the contract mm-hmm. need the contract because the last thing we want is the day of the show they haven't done it and then it's just getting uncomfortable and sticky and i have to go find yeah. them at the show and they should be in the headspace of being a musician not Not a a business person. Same with you. Like, I don't want you to at the show, hey, tell him he didn't sign the contract. That's not the time or the place for that. I'm kind of rambling, but um tell me if you no, that's the truth.
2: No, that's the truth. And also I feel like that builds a dynamic. Um, right now we're like very much in the beginning stages stages, we're not doing like 16 day arena tours, you know what I mean, where it's like we would need need you to contract. But the thing about it is we made a good point of you have to look at the big picture and like plan for the long haul. And the thing about having a band, it's a very, even though it's like business, but like we have a very like emotional connection, right? Once you kind of find your band, you kind of, kind of just keep working with them. You have a relationship with them. Um, And the thing about it is you have to establish your dynamic with your band very early. You know what I mean? So that, when when you when things blow up or things get to the next step, right? you're not enforcing all these new dynamics, and you're like, "Wait, like what's going on? You know what I mean? Like whereas like if you're always allowing people to be late or you're always or you're being like you know finicky and like sending contracts for some things or things for another, or you're not you're just not on it, there's gonna be a time where you're gonna need them to be on it, and then it's they're not going to be because that's not the dynamic that you have. you know what I mean, so I'm like really blessed that like i found my people and we have our dynamic the same way that i know i'm gonna get a contract and an invoice from them and they're they're gonna show up and they're gonna have the music together and they're gonna be ready they also i think this also comes to me as like being a musician who's played in several bands is they know this is gonna be kind of a easy gig meaning they'll get a google calendar invite they'll get all the information they'll know where they need to be when they need to be there they'll get paid immediately and because there's nothing worse than like wait, where am I supposed to be? What's going on? And then it's like the band leaders all over the place and they're going to get reference tracks. They're also going to get like respect for their time. I don't have a ton of rehearsals. I sent like, I have the, again, the gift of learning things. Like I'm able to produce and like write out reference tracks so they could practice on their own and have like one long rehearsal the day of so that they're not coming back and forth days at a time. And I, I have the trustworthiness. We have to trust that they're gonna practice and they're gonna show up knowing the music, you know what I mean? So I think being starting very early and not be like, oh, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Like, no, have your dynamic. So now they know. Now it's a part of our dynamic that they respond immediately when I have a show. They're like, okay, cool, and they have it in their calendar. I ne- I don't have to hit them up the day of, like, hey, reminder. Like they show up because they just know. So I think that we have a good system. It's always nice when you figure out your 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 system.
0: Yeah, that's helpful. It's almost like I, I'm not treating them like dogs. It sounds like that, but like training them. This is how we do it so exactly. that they know, OK, before every show, this is going to happen because it's going to the the idea is now that we have mm-hmm. the agent is these shows mm-hmm. are going to get bigger and they're going to go further exactly. out and they're going to pay these art, uh musicians that much more money. And it's going to okay. become a lot more serious than doing a show where you're just driving in from New Jersey to New York city or coming in from Brooklyn or whatever it, it, we're talking about, like, we're opening up for name, your favorite artist, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and that's next year, that's probably a 2024 thing uh, where exactly. those things are going to start happening. So getting, and that's why a lot of times uh, agents and managers will say, it's really important to take it to grow a step at a time and not get that tick tock viral hit. And now all of a sudden I'm doing arenas, but I've never played a show before,
1: mm-hmm. you know.
0: So now by the time we get to that point, which I think will happen, uh, we'll be ready for it. We'll be prepared because we will have been building, building, building. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like you you uh, before you run a marathon, you have to learn how to run a mile and then three miles and six miles at a time. That's where we are right now. Uh, we're, and the cool thing exactly. is we're more advanced than we were a year ago. For example, we, we didn't even have these people, but now you have your band, you have some subs in case somebody can't make it. And we're also further out, like we have um, three big shows in June, one in D.C., one in Philadelphia, one in Brooklyn. So on three subsequent weekends. And so, uh, you know, we are expanding and things are going well and talk about. And so these are all shows that we booked on our own. And then mm-hmm. talk about what uh, the feeling now, uh, somebody DM'd you the other day from a college about mm-hmm. a gig and talk mm-hmm. about the feeling, what your first thought was, and then what I said and we're like, oh.
2: Yeah, we, we were just having this conversation about how it's, people don't talk about that transition when you start taking steps and you start adding people to your team or you, you just start making it a little bit. Um I I'm just so used to after years of like being the quote unquote DIY musician is you just have to like hustle and be at everything right so the college dm and was like hey like can you do this show and I'm just like all right so I got to figure out this I got to figure out that da, 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 da. and you're like you have an agent <laughs> like, like this is what they do like give them your email I was like oh yeah I forgot or every single like I'm going to a lot more like local shows now. I just like, like it. And I'm like learning a lot. And I'm just like networking. And every single venue I'm at, like I'm fighting the urge to like go to the venue owner and introduce myself because it's like, you're you're just trained to like be the agent as well, right? Even though you're not. And you're trained to make those connections. You're trained to be the one that puts everything together. And I have to like remind myself like, you have an agent now like that is their job and you like don't want to step on their toes and honestly it's great like I love it but it's it's a natural reaction I remember I called you I'm like hey I got this I was at like this show and I'm like it was pretty cool I'm gonna talk to the venue you're like don't do that <laughs> like let, let like give us the venue and let us talk to uh, let's talk to them of course you can make those introductions because it's cool to be visible but it's it's and probably a couple of months, I'll be used to it at this point. Like literally, my family's gonna be like, Can you go out to dinner? I'm like, You have to talk to my agent. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, you have to see if I'm available. But it's it's a it's a it's a nice little problem to have.
0: Yeah, that is one thing that um you never think about because until you experience yeah. it. And then once you experience it and then time goes on, you probably don't think about it again. But yeah, we're in the transition period okay. of completely DIY in that regard to now somebody else is gonna handle that on Mm -hmm. our behalf and we have to feed those inquiries to them and we have to remember Mm -hmm. to do it and remember that they're there because if we keep doing it on our own they're gonna be like why are you doing this i thought you you know this is our job guys you know so it's um
2: exactly
0: it's important then they could also start looking is are they still booking their own gigs because they don't want to give us any commission you know or you know Mm -hmm. so it's You need to think about them and what they're thinking at the same time. Not like we're trying to screw anybody out of anything anyway, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting transition.
2: (laughs) So yeah, it's super weird. I was at a show last night, but
0: no, no, I'm, or people can't see him nodding at you to continue speaking. Don't
2: wow. Wow. Sorry yeah feeling real real homophobic up in here no like I oh, just- team of likes music brave new radio
0: that's right i was
2: gonna just go to what you said like i want to show i went to a show last night that was like around the corner and it 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 was really good it was a good show but the venue was like a very like just like was it regular space like it wasn't like a venue like they like their sound system like you we, we would have to bring our own sound people it was like for visual art for everything it was just like an empty space and it was just like a great experience because it was a nice show but like my natural reaction was to be like oh I'm gonna play here but then I realized like okay like you're kind of like stop like you just like you want to do everything so go ahead like that's all I was gonna say
0: so cool so one of the things I want to bring up is uh we, so we signed with Wasserman and mm-hmm. one of the things that they send to us is this onboarding questionnaire. Basically, mm-hmm. they want to know as much about you as they can find out. And they want to keep record of that and keep that in their database. And mm-hmm. you and I were talking about this. Last, we actually, it took us two days to talk about it. You know, we were sitting down because it was close to 100 questions. And I started doing it on my own. thinking think I can just do that. Yeah. And by that question yeah. 16, I'm like, I, I don't know what. I don't know what her favorite yeah. color is. You know, I know so much yeah. about you now. It's like we were on The Bachelor, you know? It's yes. like, uh, it's like <laughs> meeting the parents, and I can answer every question your mom and dad asks. So mm-hmm. um, so anyway, so there were some questions on there that I figured let me ask you and let people know by the way, that so some a couple questions we're gonna ask you now. Like they wanted to know, um, what's your favorite car? What car do you drive? What's your favorite uh toothpaste brand, all that kind of stuff which they just want to know in case brand deals could come in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But a couple of things, they also wanted to know that I'll ask because uh, another side of this interview is uh, we're getting a Wikipedia entry done for you. And there's a section in Wikipedia that yeah. says early life. And the person doing the Wikipedia said, we don't have mm-hmm. anything out there with your early life. So this podcast will partially serve as the reference material for Wikipedia for the early life part. So I'm going to ask you some questions, which Wasserman asked anyway. So this is our Wasserman <laughs> onboarding, team who likes music, Brave New Radio Music Biz 101 one more. I'm your professor David Kirk. Philp. good night. Oh no, sorry, we're just starting. So <laughs> where were you born? And when were you born where you were born?
2: I was born in Elizabeth, New Jersey, August 29th, 1996.
0: Okay, Lizzie, Lizzie, New Jersey. My social
2: security number is.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And uh, okay, so you were born in Elizabeth, New Jersey, but what town did you grow up in?
2: I grew up in Linden. So Linden, New Jersey. Next door. Right, Linden, okay. New Jersey.
0: Uh, you, your parents, you grow up, uh, your parents are still married, correct? Yes. That's right. Uh, they what, are. What do they do for? Any other,
2: uh, how many years? I
0: don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. I are Sorry, go
2: ahead. Oh, my God. Ah!
0: I'm so sorry. It's so so embarrassing. We, we'll, we're, we'll never make it to prom together. Okay. So um, what do your parents, what have your parents or what do they do for a living now? Your mom and dad?
2: Oh, yeah. They've had, had like, my dad's always been uh, a carpenter. He's always been in construction, like all my life. So at first he was like a union guy, but then he like started his own business because he's like me and he just likes to be chaotic. And then my mom, weirdly, she like, from my early life, she um, was really big in like the college world. She was like the associate director of admissions for Kane University for like years. And like, I see like your daughters and I'm like, I remember when we were in college and like, you go pick them up. I'm like, that was me. I was always a kid on campus. Cause my mom was like, and she was also an adjunct professor at Kane too. So I was just like, the, when I got when I got into like the college world like my mom knew everything and she was just like okay it's fine you do this you do the seventh third but then eventually she like joined my dad because she also has a business degree so they like run the business together so it's all cute it's beautiful
0: okay um you mentioned your dad is from the ivory coast tell our listeners where the ivory coast is and how your dad made it from there to Elizabeth and Linden New Jersey the garden state
2: that's a great question. Well, it's Ivory Coast or you call it Côte d'Ivoire is what they call it. It's on West Africa. It's by Ghana and Mali. Um, he was born there, grew up there, and I think he came to America for school. Eventually he landed in like Cali to like live with his brother. And then I think eventually he just ran ran out of money for school and just like was being chaotic and just like went all over the country and wound up in New York in like the early nineties and then was like a cat immigrant cab driver and then he picked up this woman and then they got together and they had me and that was it my mom and that was that hmm?
0: and your mom gave birth in the back of the cab she correct.
2: gave birth in the back uh, of the cab that's why i'm such a great driver
0: <laughs> and your dad yeah your dad was the one who uh cut the umbilical cord with exactly. his exactly
2: he delivered me <laughs> yeah
0: that's really cool so that's great okay and then um you had a musical upbringing right you you were taking piano lessons as a young lassie
2: yes I was I started piano lessons at like five years old um it was just uh, it was like like wee, like baseball it was like something to do on Saturdays and it was just one of the rare cases where it stuck and I had lessons for years and I think there was a period of time in my early teens where I stopped for about two or three years which was great because that's I was still playing but I stopped reading and I just taught myself to play by ear and then I decided I wanted to I'm like 16 17 I went to college music so my mom called back the same teacher was like let's get her ready for auditions to be in a conservatory and all of them were like no you cannot like you cannot be here like no so then I was like okay cool I'm do pop music now I'm here
0: and where did you go to college
2: I went to college at William Patterson University for popular music with a minor in music management. I'm very serious about that. They leave that out,
0: <laughs> right? That you a minored in? Uh, correct, you're a, a music business minor, and you know yes. your thing or two. Your yes. grandfather, your grandfather mm. was a singer, wasn't yes. he?
2: Yes, he. His name was Anderson Gilchrist. He was a member of the Emblems. E m b l e m s. And they were a doo-wop group that was birthed out of the Marines. It was him and like a bunch of Marine buddies and they pulled together a group. They were signed to Leo Records and they kept the whole Marine theme so they would like wear their uniforms and like um, perform. I think they even like I'm gonna claim it. I think they opened up for Dionne Warwick. I know they like met her. She was like in the scene. She was like the way we have a scene now where Rockwood, before she was Dionne Warwick, like in the 50s, she was like in Jersey and New York and like in the scene, but yeah, cool guy.
0: Okay, cool. Um, So listeners, the, that's an example of some of the things that we talked about last mm-hmm. week when we were talking about all these different questions. So uh, one more sort of thing I want to get into with you, it, it gets back to our conversation artist manager. So mm-hmm. um, basically uh, just our listeners will be hearing this. I'm going to have a conversation with you. It's, it's like real. So um, that college, can you hear me? Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, for those of you not watching. Oh, you movie, just
2: froze, but you're good. You're good.
0: Okay. Um, I freeze up when I'm with you, you make me nervous. Um, <laughs> Yes, you're so special. So, uh, <laughs> so this college, therefore, that you would, that it DM'd you, mm-hmm. you connected them to Andrea Johnson, our agent mm-hmm. at Wasserman. So, uh, uh, Andrea also has an assistant named Rory, R O R Y, Rory, I can't say the word, Stanley. And so, Rory mm-hmm. was in touch with the college on your behalf. And they mm-hmm. came back and they said, it's a free gig. They don't want to pay, but they'll give you lunch and they will give you, uh, an interview on the college radio station. So then the question becomes back to that whole investment thing for the year. Do we want to uh, uh, pay the band $350, $400, whatever, uh, to come on out, drive out, do the tolls to this college, uh, which will take so it. So probably would take 45 minutes to an hour. Cause you have to go over a couple of bridges and all that to get to this college, uh, to do it. Um, is it worth spending the money and so we had that question one thing i thought was can they tie it into a, a pay a bigger paying gig in the fall semester which mm-hmm. they said uh our agent said well we'll look into that but i know colleges and they can't speak for future semesters because there's no budgeting yet They're right. not doing that. so um so andrea got back because we were waiting for andrea you know what is her opinion on this Um, she said we should go back and just see if we can make it a break-even proposition. Can they find somewhere just enough money to cover the band so you don't lose money? Um, Then she said, otherwise, Mm -hmm. probably doesn't make sense. So I'm telling you that, um, asking you, are you cool with that concept? And I'll go back to Andrea and she and Rory can go back and see if they can squeeze anything out of this college just to make it a break-even thing. You're cool with that?
2: Yeah, I agree. No, I'm cool with that. I I feel like, again, like I'm not in the stage where I'm like I gotta make money. Like I'm like I'm I'm at the stage right now. Like if I could at least get my band paid, that's that's all I care about. Um, but sometimes you like there are gigs where you kind of have to like dish out a little bit. But when it comes down to investing in yourself, you also have to be wise, right? So this college isn't really like a big college I didn't even know they existed like if it was like Howard or like Montclair State or like Rutgers I'd be like all right like let's let's dish out the money for it you know what I mean because this is a well-known college it has a a following it had like you're going to get a crowd and it also like speaks to your your audience right you know what I mean um so yeah I agree like not no shade to this college but like it doesn't make sense right now and it wouldn't I don't really see the return on investment with this one.
0: Right. Okay. That's good. And mm-hmm. ultimately, the idea with the agent is uh, any freebie that comes in, it's basically a no because we don't do those anymore unless it's mm-hmm. like a really major. Unless
2: it's like, a yeah.
0: Yeah. Like it was like Afro
2: Punk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, all right, bet. But yeah, like, or, a or if it was or
0: something like that.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, exactly.
0: Okay, um, as we wind this up, I can see that I've covered pretty much everything. Let me just uh, ask you just one sort of final overarching question and then we'll we'll be done. It's kind of uh, the Tima Likes Music brand. Uh, we haven't talked about sort of, it's mm-hmm. not an offshoot, but when you play live, there's something else you're doing. Another thing that we started when you're playing live where we actually had a sold out show in February um the r shows and we haven't brought that up at all and maybe we should bring that up uh and tell people sort of what the strategy is with that and how that ties into timulek's music the brand and the band
2: yeah a hundred percent so um long story short i um i started taking like these kind of like one-off gigs where i'd play keyboard with djs um Again, it's good to have different skills, right? And also, you know, it's pretty cool. There was one gig, which um was at a venue that I'm ironically going to be hosting a show at tonight Um, that didn't have the equipment to handle a keyboard, which is crazy, you know what I mean? And any musician could feel the pain of like going somewhere and bringing your stuff and you just can't play. And I just like got back home and I was like, I hate my life, I don't want this ever again. But then it dawned on me, I was talking to myself, I said, self i've seen the way this works i've seen the branding of it i've seen how these djs will promote it three days beforehand and it will people will show up you know what I mean? it was like one flyer people it would pack out and i'm like we can do this like with band shows it's like pulling teeth because of course people like to see bands that they already know people don't really go to see bands they don't know right but people will go out to a party by themselves if they like the, the music right so i'm like Let's do that but like let's only do the music that I like which is like 90s R&B. We pulled that together, we did it. I told y'all y'all found the venue which was like I was really happy about. And it like sold out two weeks beforehand and I was like, damn. And even then, literally like days leading up to it, the day of, I was getting blown up constantly. My whole phone was like, can I get a ticket? Can I get a ticket? I'm like, I've told y'all it's gone. And we ended up selling 311 at a 250 venue, which is like crazy like again what, what i tell you all the time like the party culture is different where like people will bum rush you the day of you know what i mean but um yeah so that was really cool so we're like all right this is great but like let's see what the purpose of this is because like you could have somebody that makes money and like does well but you also have to make sure it's with your brand right so i think through brainstorming we figured out that this is community building right coming from like a social media and a marketing background you learn that when you're posting, not everything can be so product-focused. Not everything can be like, buy this water or buy this thing, right? Like, you have to split it up with, like, little moments that are community building. For me, my community building is, like, my humor, right? That that Those are moments where I'm not asking you to stream anything. I'm not asking you to buy anything or buy a ticket. Just, like, this is a moment for us to connect. The same thing applies to outside stuff, right? Certain things, you have to have community building outside of your product right so like yeah everyone's doing a band show everyone's like doing the look at me show right but like it's not a lot of people are having moments where you get to like directly interact with your audience within the theme that you are right my audience like loves nostalgic black music right so i'm like if we just get everybody in a room and you get to hang out with him and listen to this nostalgic black music that's someone that feels more connected to you. Thus, that's someone that's going to buy a ticket to a show the next time, you know what I mean? Um, Making sure, like, it centered me as, like, the facilitator of this space, right? Um, Which I'm really, really happy about because, like now it's a little bit easier to like connect with people i've gotten a lot more engagement you know, on social media you know what i mean like it's one thing to have people follow you but to have people like respond to your stories and be like i was at i was at the party oh you have a show bam yeah you know i mean it's like it's like oh okay cool um how we're evolving it again being a virgo that likes to learn how to do everything i'm like learning how to dj which is like i'm not gonna say it's easy but like if you have a music background like it's pretty dope you know what i mean like you get like it's an easy transition, but making it so that I can kind of like DJ. I don't have to hire somebody to DJ all the time. You know what I mean? Or I had that option to go back and forth. So I think the 90s love is like a lesson to me of like, a, thinking of yourself as a business, but not just a business, but thinking of yourself as a conglomerate, right? Not just one thing. Everybody just, want, Everybody's kind of going the same path and everybody wants to do the, I'm going to put on an album, then I'm going to do a EP release show, then I'm going to do a show at Mercury Lounge and then do it all over again. Whereas when you take the moment to do things creatively, right, or even if you want to put Tima aside from the music, right, T- Tima, the, the influencer, right? Right. Most people, or if you have a social media manager, they'd be like, okay, oh, you need a meet and greet, right? Whereas, like, I always kind of hated them. I would see them where it's, like, the the little girls just cry, like, hi, how are you? And you just sing on stage. And it's just, like, who wants to play this game where we, like, you ask questions about me? Where I'm, like, how can we do that in a way that's a little bit different? And we found a way to do the meet and greet, but, like, still make it musical, but still make it community building, but not necessarily always be, like, the concert where it's like, and for my next show. And then they drink the water in between. I hate that. I hate that. Even though you need your water, but, but it's just like, do it a little bit differently. But yeah, now I'm excited for the, that nineties love stuff because if because it, it's like now it's associated with my name. So it's like really cool.
0: Yeah. So, so what we have is we have uh, June 10th in Washington, mm-hmm. DC we're doing team Alex music presents that nineties love old school R and B. And that's uh, at the Songbird mm-hmm. is the venue. Then on the mm-hmm. 16th, Friday night, the 16th, we're in Philadelphia at Warehouse mm-hmm. on Watts. And that's a mix of the band mm-hmm. going into that 90s yeah. love. And actually before the band, there's going to be yeah. a competition, which we'll talk more, you know, there'll be more going. Cause we actually have to stop our interview now. We're out of time. And then June 23rd, yeah. <laughs> June 23rd uh, at the Sultan room in Brooklyn, that nineties love from mm-hmm. what's it eleven to two thirty I think is the set so uh eleven to 2. 30,
2: 11 yeah. to two
0: thirty yeah so in the morning eleven p.m. to two thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool but we're wrapped it mm-hmm. up we have to stop we've hit the we've hit the deadline I'm gonna get in trouble if we go any further so Tima likes music thank you so Horrible. much for being our guest on music don't interrupt Tima likes music please don't interrupt Tima likes <laughs> don't interrupt Tima don't interrupt Tima likes music presents. Music Biz 101. Don't
2: stop trying to police my joy.
0: I'm sorry. I will never I will never stop your joy <laughs> again. That's called I Was Fired. So thank you, Tima. Really appreciate it. So for Dr. Esteban Marconi, who could not be here today, and for myself, for your Professor David Kirkfolk, we bid you, as we always do, adios, 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 adios.
1: Wanna be your left in every sexy kind of way can kind of way Permit to this-